Welcome back to Out of State Hunter Podcast. I've got another state agency on this week. And as you guys probably, as the listeners know by now, these are my favorite shows to do because I, I learned so much about each one of these states when I cover them. Today, I've got Nevada on, and we're going to be talking with Martin Olson about uh, everything about Nevada. And I don't know anything about Nevada, so this is going to be really, really good. I kind of stick to my own few states that I really like and the ones that I like to hunt. And this year, I'm really trying to expand my knowledge so that next year, the few years down the road, I can. Nevada is one that I've always thought about and just never applied for. So we've got Martin on here. Uh, Martin Olson, thank you, sir, for coming on the show. And I'll let you introduce yourself, talk about what it is that you do there at the Nevada Department of Wildlife, and then we'll jump into some of the questions and we'll just start chatting. Excellent, excellent. Thank you, Chad. First of all, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, uh, I was excited when I got your call. Uh, like you said, my name is Martin Olson. I am the Southern Region Hunter Education Coordinator for the Nevada Department of Wildlife. Uh, there are three of us around the state. Uh, I've got the southern part of the state, and we have an eastern and a western. And I've been with Endow for about 23 years now. And uh, very uh, much a big game hunter myself. So I get to spend uh, a lot of time in the outdoors, and I keep uh, an eye on a lot of the big game. And as you mentioned there, uh Nevada has some amazing, amazing animals to hunt, some that you can't hunt anywhere else, uh, one being the Himalayan snowcock. It's a, a smaller species, not exactly a big game species, but uh, for non-residents uh, and residents alike, there's lots of game in Nevada, even though, yes, we are somewhat of a desert state. What would you say, uh, I'm kind of jumping out of turn here, but what would you say your your number one game animal is? What do people come to Nevada to hunt the most? Well, of course, the, the holy grail of uh, hunting in Nevada is the bighorn sheep. Yeah. And, okay. uh, of course, it's on, on everybody's list. And, and we have three subspecies here, the California, the Rocky Mountain, uh, and the uh, Nelson's Desert Bighorn. And each one of those are a separate category that you can apply for. Uh, as long as there is, you know, a hunt uh, allocated with a tag uh, for resident and non-resident, if there's a hunt open, uh, you can apply for each one of those. Hmm. Um, so, so multiple opportunities for Bighorn. Lots of opportunities. Yeah, cool. Very cool. When What are the draw odds there? Not, I mean, we don't have to go in specifics, but did non-residents have an okay chance at drawing one of those tags? You do. You do have an OK chance. And and that's I tell you, that's the number one question that that I always get. Uh, you know, what are my odds? What's my best odds? What's the best way to do it? Uh, and, and Nevada does offer uh, any of its units that we have a big game tag in. You know, there's good deer. There's good sheep. Uh, it is hunting. Uh, you know, uh, do you get to it? Uh, did you find something? And every year I get somebody that that asks me that I uh, I grew up and went to school in Tucson, Arizona, hunt javelina down there every year. Uh, go back. In fact, I just came back uh, nice. this year. Yeah, and that's and, fun. Uh, huh? Oh, it is a lot of fun, yeah. and it's it's a perfect time of year. You know, the weather is generally nice. This year was a little cold, but uh, in a in a nutshell, you know, there's years time after time after time I get a javelina, and then. 
I'll go two years without one. Mm -hmm. And that's just hunting. But non-residents certainly have a chance. Uh, We've set uh, uh, situations up for residents and non-residents. The biggest trick is build as many bonus points as you can. Uh, Don't go a year without buying the bonus points. Uh, Even if you're thinking, you know, maybe someday I might want to hunt elk or bighorn sheep in Nevada. You should be buying a bonus point right now. It'll cost you $10. Uh, You do have to maintain a state hunting license to to gain those uh, bighorn sheep points or bonus points. Uh, But like I said, you can always use your license to come here to hunt upland game, uh, the Himalayan snowcock. Uh, which is the only place you can hunt in North America is right here in Nevada. We also have obviously quail. We have mountain quail, gambles quail. So you can utilize your non-resident license to hunt anyway. And in the meantime, you're building bonus points. And that's what you want to do with the bonus points. And uh, specifically for bighorn sheep and mountain goats, uh, if a person uh, harvests is one of those, uh, you need to bring it to our office to get sealed. And by that, I mean, we actually uh, will drill a hole into the horn of the bighorn sheep and put a plug in there, which basically says it's legally been harvested. And every year, Chad, I'll be checking in a bighorn sheep and I'll be looking over and it's a, a young gentleman or a young lady. And I'll say, how many bonus points did you have? And she'd be like, none. Yeah. This is the first year I put in. Yeah. Like, oh. Uh, I'm not that take... lucky. <laughs> well, and and that's it. But you uh, got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. And and uh, essentially, if you can draw a low number, uh, and depending on how many other people have put in for that area, how many tags are left over, you know, and that's how our system is set up. It's not like, oh, I got to get 35 bonus points or I'll never get a sheep. Uh, we have people on the low end of the spectrum with one, two, three bonus points getting cheap. We have people on the high end, 27, 28 bonus points getting cheap. And then we've got that bulk in the middle who are also uh, getting cheap and elk. Mm, yeah. Elk, mule deer. You got good mule deer? We have we have fantastic mule deer. Yep. Okay. Antelope? Beautiful antelope, and a lot of them. Our antelope has uh, herds have really uh, flourished in the last decade. Good. So we got a lot of antelope tags, uh, horns longer than ears, and horns shorter than ears. Yeah. Okay. And that's a, a excellent opportunity for non-residents because you can put in as a group for the horns uh, uh, shorter than ears as a non-resident. Uh, everyone has to be a non-resident in there. Uh, the mule deer, you can be resident and non-resident and put in together as a party. And antlerless elk, you either have to be all non-resident or all resident uh, as a party. But those are three hunts that we offer for party hunting or group hunting, uh, as we could call it. Uh, so those are, are are interesting. The important thing to know about the group hunt and the party hunt is make sure there's enough tags in the area that are allocated for the number in your party. Yeah. yeah, we're going to get to that yeah. in, in a minute. Um, and yeah, so we'll get to that. Let me um, let's let's start from the top. So there's a few things okay. that I want to hit on. And then we're going to really get into that application process and how okay. you're how it all breaks down and how non-residents 
get to hunt in Nevada. Um, okay. The first thing I wanted to hit on is what's new for 2023. Was there any major changes that non-residents should be aware of that um, could impact yeah. their hunt this year, their season this year? Yeah, there's a huge one, uh, an absolute huge one. So uh, uh, around uh, upwards of 10 years ago, uh, we pulled off the mountain goat non-resident uh, tag uh, just because of the sustainability and the uh, the amount of uh, mountain goats that were in the area. So anybody who had was applying for mountain goat as a non-resident, uh, because there's no tag allocated for that hunt for the last 10 years, you've been sitting dormant on those bonus points. Uh, they didn't go anywhere. Uh, they didn't increase. They didn't decrease. They've just been sitting there. But this year, we have a non-resident mountain goat tag. So that's very important for non-residents to know that if you've been sitting dormant on these, and again, it's been some time, so spread the word to your friends or anything that if uh, if you don't know, this year is the first year we're back to a non-resident mountain goat. And you don't want to miss this two years in a row, or if there is a tag that is allocated for a hunt and you don't apply in two years in a row, you will zero out on all your bonus points. Ooh, yeah, that's a big one right there. That's huge. So, uh, and like I said, because it's been sitting dormant for so long, easy for people to forget about. Uh, yeah, for sure. Spread that news uh, to some of your friends and let them know if they've got bonus points as a non-resident that they need to apply this year. And how many of those tags are there? How many opportunities are there? Actually, there's one this year. Okay. Uh, but we have came back, uh, you know, pretty strong. Uh, we were up to about 27 mountain goat tags at one time. Uh, and then we dropped down to only six, which is why there was no non-resident uh, tags in there. Uh, but now they've come back. We've got a total of 13 resident and one non-resident tag. So they're starting to come back. Good, good, good. What about important reminders? Is there things that people need to, aside from that, that's a huge reminder that you got to apply or you're going to lose those those points. Um, important reminders like the important dates, when do when's the date cut off or when does the application period end uh yeah there's a there's a couple really important things one is uh may 10th uh, is the deadline uh if you're first time applying in nevada and you are a non-resident and you were born after january 1st 1960 uh you need to have a hunter education certification on file and I always bring this up a lot because we're one of the few states that goes back to 1960. Uh, most states are in the 70s and the 80s and then even the 90s. Uh, but we drop all the way back down into 1960. So if you're a non-resident and you've never applied before, you'll want to go to uh, our website, uh, Endow Licensing, and create yourself a portal. And then uh, if you have a hunter education certificate in another state, you actually can uh, send that via email to uh, our Zendesk uh, location. It's called onlineed at endowzendesk.com. I know it's kind of a, a mouthful there. <laughs> Don't wait until May 8th to try to send in your hunter education card. So if you're non-resident uh, right now and you're wanting to apply in Nevada, uh, get that hunter education card sent in because that's got to be attached to your profile in order for you to purchase a license uh, and a tag. So 
So as you're talking, I was looking through the website here to see if if there's a spot. Is is all that on the website? Well, uh, it is on Endow Licensing. The first oh. thing you do, uh, yeah, endowlicensing.com. So we got a couple of websites there. That's our application website, endowlicensing.com. And uh, it'll search you by your social, first of all, uh, and uh, then by your birth date. And uh, then you can, if it doesn't find you, you can just create an account there. And you'll want to do that first. And then, like I said, if your birth date is after January 1st, 1960, it's going to ask you uh, to prove Hunter education. Okay. Now, there's another way around this, too. You can simply go, if you, if you don't want to mess with doing all that, you can simply go to register-ed.com and take the Nevada Hunter Education course. Uh costs you $25, and then with that profile you've created, uh, it will automatically just transpose that certificate right over to your profile. Okay. And and you be done. And that happens with a lot of non-residents because, you know, maybe they haven't shown or needed their hunter education card for 20 some years. And it's like, I have no idea where it's at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a toughie <laughs> to find sometimes <laughs> for sure. Um, okay, so May 10th is the deadline. And is that for all species? Correct. Everything yep. is applied for. And is it open currently? It is open right now. And uh the only thing that you don't have to apply for for big game in Nevada is mountain lion. And you can buy that right over the counter. Uh, you it will also when you go to apply for big game tags, you'll be you'll be asked the question, do you want to purchase a mountain lion tag? I would I would say definitely yes. Uh, it's a $25 tag for residents and it's good for the whole year. So once again, uh, in order to build bonus points, you got to have a general hunting license, right? Mm-hmm. So then you keep your mountain lion tag. So then you can come hunting upland game and waterfowl and mountain lion, the rest of Nevada, if you don't draw one of these big game tags. And then you're building your bonus point uh, cachet up as well. Yeah, good. Uh, let's see. How about licensing requirements for a non-resident? So if I'm going to be out there, I'm chasing a bighorn sheep because I'm that lucky guy that drew my first year. Um, what's, what do I have to have in my pocket? What kind of licensing do I need to have on me in order to be legal? That's a that's an excellent question. So for non-residents, we only offer a, a one license for big game, and that is actually a hunting and fishing license. So it's a combination. So you get both. You have to have that in your possession. And you can either have the electronic version, uh, example, on your phone. And if you do have it on your phone, I suggest taking a screenshot of it because you may get in Nevada some spots where there is no cell service. Uh, And you still have to possess that license, even if it's electronic, but you can take a a screenshot of that, save it in your photo album. So you don't need uh, internet service to do that. Or you actually, through that website I mentioned earlier, uh, the uh, endowlicensing.com, you can actually actually go in there and print your license. Uh, and that's your general hunting license. So you have to have that on you. Uh, if you have a big game tag, uh, example, deer, elk, uh, bighorn sheep, any of that, you have to carry your tag on your person. Uh, the biggest thing there is upon harvesting an animal is validating that tag immediately. Uh, it's what it has to be. You do not have to attach that license to the uh, carcass of the animal until you either meet your means of transportation, 
or your camp. Uh, and just for, you know, just thinking about it, if you're up in the mountains on a bighorn sheep uh, hunt and you've got to carry a sheep kind of down the mountainside, uh, last thing we want you to do is tie that uh, uh, tag onto your animal and then you get down to the bottom and you have no tag. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. So you don't need to do that until you reach your means of transportation or your camp. Um, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but I'm going to expand okay. on that. Okay. Uh, what if you got to make two trips? So are you, so that do you tag the animal at the truck and then you can just go back and recover the meat or the head or whatever's left behind? Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent question. As a matter of fact, I get that quite often. Uh, the way uh, our statue is written here is the tag must remain with the majority of the meat. So let's say you end up taking, uh, uh, well, maybe your friend's going to carry the bulk of the load. So you just are going to take the head down. So you would not have the, the tag with you. Uh, let's say he carries one, uh, one uh, hind quarter down and there's two shoulders and a hind quarter left up top. The tag would stay up top with that majority of the meat. You would get down to your means of transportation or, or your camp, whatever it is, uh, drop those off, go back, retrieve the rest. Now, when you come down, you're gonna have the majority of the meat uh, at your camp and or transportation. So then you would leave that tag there and you would go back and retrieve that last piece. Gotcha, okay. And, and the same, yeah, same thing the game with a cooler or, or something. Yep. Yeah, same yeah, thing yeah. with a cooler. Uh, the majority of the meat, whatever it is, that's where the tag should be. Gotcha. Okay. So back to licensing. Sorry, you got your okay. license uh, that that you purchased. Your combo license. Your hunter education. Do you, are you required to carry that with you, or is it attached to your profile, and that's where that resides? Yeah. The in in Nevada, you don't have to have your uh, hunter education card on your person. Uh, it is attached to your record. And matter of fact, uh, that's why I brought that up early on, because you will not be able to purchase a license unless it is attached to your record. Mm -hmm. So, and I do know some states require you to carry it. We do not. Okay. Okay. So all you really need is your license and whatever tag for whatever species it is that you have. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. Uh, shoot. Drop my, there we go. All right. So how about does is um is Nevada a mandatory reporting state? Do you have to report your kill? We are. Yeah. Uh we do. And so you have uh if you receive a big game tag in Nevada, uh you have to the end of January that following year to do your report. Again, you're gonna go on to endowlicensing.com. You're gonna click on uh harvest report and fill it out. If you don't do that. By January 31st, uh, you will not be eligible to apply for the upcoming draw unless you pay a $50 fine and then fill out the harvest report. So don't forget uh, to do that as soon as you come back. Uh, if you if you put it off till after Christmas, a lot of people forget, and it's an honest forget because your hunt's over, you're back, mm -hmm. uh, and you think, huh, I forgot to do that. So uh, we we use that information, and right now biologists are looking at harvest data from you know last year's hunt uh, in uh, uh, calculating the uh, 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 quota for this year. So we do use that information. So it is very important that you do mandatory report on that. Good. I, I like that mandatory reporting. Some states don't have it. 
I, I think it's good because it helps those biologists build the, you know, the picture for not just the the following year, but years to come. You know, you can see a exactly. steady decline. You can see whatever they're, I, right. I think it's important. Um, all right. So let's talk about the, the process, right? Uh, you've already touched on it a little bit. How do you buy the license? And that's through the endow.license.com. Is that where you also would apply for the draw? That's correct. Endow licensing. And uh, like I said, once you create that profile, uh, you simply click in the center there that says apply for tags. And uh, you'll have a lot of choices. And the system is is fairly, uh, will guide you right through. Uh, if you're not eligible for something, uh, example, you there are waiting periods in Nevada if you draw a bighorn sheep and elk uh, and uh, not deer or horns shorter than uh, uh, ears for antelope. Uh, but the ones that are, if you click on, it's going to tell you you're not eligible. You're still in a waiting period. Or if you click on a junior hunt, uh, it's going to say, sorry, uh, you know, your your age restriction uh, doesn't allow you to apply for this. But a lot of those and a lot of people I get, uh, you know, they, they can't simply go hunting because we do have a lot of applications you can apply for. Uh, you know, we have antlerless, we have depredation, uh, we have rams, uh, three species. This year we have a one-horn ram and we have a management ram hunt. All five of those you can apply for. Hmm. Uh, so it gives you a lot of opportunity to apply. Uh, but I get it. Uh, not everybody uh, can go on that many hunts every year, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. why I say buy the bonus points. You've already got to keep the license. Uh, the bonus point is $10. Uh, so buy as many bonus points uh, as you can in each one of those areas. I suggest, uh, you know, selecting a few species that you may later down the road be interested in. Uh, and if for chance uh, later down the road you decide, no, I never want to do that, then guess what? You've just been donating uh, to the Wildlife Heritage Fund for uh, for several years there on a uh, a ten dollar a year, you know, which is which is very reasonable if you think about for each one of those species. So it really is, and it's it's um it's I think of it as buying opportunities for the future. You know, I there's states that I've been racking up points in for several years now, and one of those states paid off this year, but it was because I've stacked up several points and and I played the system right, you know, and and um it it provides opportunity, and that's really what it does. So 10 bucks is, is pretty good, especially if you're already going to hunt in that state. So you buy the, what's a license, the, what's that combo license cost? 150 bucks. I just 155 for the, the non-resident combination. Yeah. So and if you're going to apply and you're going to get a few points or buy one tag, you might as well get points. Yes, in, in the exactly. Rest. So, yeah. um, okay, good. So the opportunities are there. Does it also remind you when you're going through, if you have not done a harvest report? Uh, uh, that'll be the first stop because you'll <laughs> click apply for tags and it'll say, uh, well, Chad, you have not done your harvest report for last year. Uh, and you'll have to pay a, at this point in the game, you would have to pay a fine, mm -hmm, that's 50 uh, bucks. the 50 bucks, and then you'd have to fill out the harvest report. Uh, and then you would go on and that would be added on to your, your bill at the end. So, so yes, in, in some gotcha. essence, it's going to ask you that. Gotcha. 
So when you're applying, uh, you're going through the application process and you decide, okay, I, I want to hunt deer in Nevada. Do you select a uh, game management unit or you guys broke out into units that you would apply for, or is it a regional thing or how's the state broke out? So that's a, that's a great question. Uh, and yeah, we have a uh, 123 units in the state. Uh, you get to select five. Okay. And when you select five, some units are grouped together. And by that, I mean like uh, area 10, uh, which will be 10-1 through 10-9. So it's actually a large group, a large area. It's really nine units, but that's only one choice. Uh, and that's solely because maybe the uh, the animals are moving, migrating, uh, moving around. So, you know, you know how the, how the story goes. Oh, there they are. They're on the other side of the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're in this unit. Uh, so some units are grouped together with other units. And you'll see that uh, whenever you're applying, it will say uh, area 10-1 dash through 10-9. So you you would be applying for all of those units. Some units are single units. 231, for example, it's one unit. 231, that's one choice. Mm-hmm. It's a fairly good size unit, uh, so it's not combined with, with anything else. So uh, that's the, the biggest thing to remember when you're doing that. And we also have early and late seasons in a lot of these units. So it might be the same unit, but a different date. You might be starting October 5th and going to the 20th and the late season might start the 22nd, you know, and go into November 8th or something. So there'll be different seasons in the same unit. Uh, The quota is different for each one of those season dates, Uh, because as you know, as you get later in the year, uh, the rut begins more, the winter comes on heavier. Uh, Animals are out a little bit more and a little bit, uh, uh, seen on a little bit greater basis there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, so keep that in mind. And, and I strongly suggest, uh, that everyone apply for all five choices. And the reason why I say that is because I get some people that always say, Martin, I only want to hunt in this unit. This is my only choice this is all I want to do. Well, you can do that. You don't have to choose five units. Uh, however, Remember my original question that I get most of all, what are my best chances? Yep. Uh, this is not your best chance, just selecting one unit. Uh, select all five units. And on top of that is a selection called an alternate. And that would be uh, only your very first choice in the alternate selection If, Chad, you returned your tag for whatever reason, uh, could be a medical reason or could be uh, maybe your daughter suddenly is getting married and, you know, you cannot go hunting this year. So you want to return your tag. And I checked alternate in that same unit for my first choices you drew a tag in. It's not going to go into the first come, first serve database because it's going to say Martin is an alternate for that unit and he's next up. It's going to just come into my mailbox at home. I'm going to go out and get the mail and I'll be jumping up and down all the way back to the house because (laughs) here I suddenly got a tag in the mail. So, so those are all your best choices to do. Uh, The alternate works for some people. Uh, Some people, it doesn't. Some people need more time to, you know, 
notify their work, um, notify their spouse, uh, notify somebody like that, that, hey, I need a little bit more time. So keep that in mind. If the alternate works for you, it's a great choice. Uh, we do have, uh, we had a lot, quite a few tags returned last year. And like I said, the reason is, you know, from one end of the spectrum to the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't really matter what the reason is, is the bottom line is there was return tags. So the first come first serve is a, an excellent uh, opportunity to look at, uh, as well as the alternate uh, opportunities. Okay. Yeah, that's a really cool opportunity. Yeah. And then, so if you get selected for the alternate and and let's say I get that tag in the mail and I can't take it, what happens to it then? Uh, so you mean you would return it then? Yeah. You would return it. It would if there was another person who checked the alternate box, it would go to them. Okay. There, and that's only their first choice. It doesn't look at all five of your choices. It's only looking at your first choice. Mm-hmm. And if there is no one else who checked alternate there, then it would go into the first come first serve, okay. which just pops up on the internet, and you just got to keep going to that. And it's on the same website, endowlicensing.com. Uh, and when the time comes, you'll see the FCFS, first come, first serve. Then you click on that, and it'll come up, and you'll see the little clock rotating up there so you know it's thinking. And it will only let you sit on there for so long. Then you'll time out, and you'll have to sign back in. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I could see people spending way too yes. much time out there. Yeah. 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 I guess better and- that website than TikTok or something. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, okay. So how is, how does the process work then? Well, I got select, let's say I, I got selected for the, ta- well, I haven't gotten selected yet. I've applied for the tag. How does the, ta- how does that application make its way through and how does your draw process work? And then I'll expand on that a little bit and say like what percentage of the tags are given to non-residents and then what percentage go to residents and kind of the breakout. Does that, does that make sense? Did I word that correctly? Yeah, it does. It does. And you know, when I got your message and and stuff, Chad, it was interesting because I was just doing this presentation. So I'll try to try to paraphrase through this as fast as I can, because it's like a three hour presentation, (laughs) how the system works. And I know, I know you don't want to be here that long, but in a nutshell, uh, every application, a computer randomly selects at a number. And that's whether you are an individual or you're in there as a group. It's still only one application and it gets one number. Now, the difference is the bonus points. Each application will have bonus points. So if I'm by myself as an individual and I have 10 bonus points, we square that number. 10 times 10 is 100. And then we add one to it for this year's application. So that's 101. The computer randomly selects me 101 numbers. Out of those 101 numbers, it takes the lowest number. Because if I can't win with the lowest number, I certainly can't win with any of the other one. Mm -hmm. And it takes that low number and it attaches it to my application. That's my number in line, basically. Okay. You come along and you have no bonus points because this is your first year applying. So you apply, you have no bonus points, zero times zero is zero. And then we give you one for the application because you got to get a number. Mm -hmm. So that's why every application gets added a number. So you get one number. The The computer randomly selects you one number and it attaches that to your application. Now, where our system is different than a lot of others 
your one number that got selected could be lower than mine out mm -hmm. of that 101 numbers because the number goes to 100 million. So it's very possible, you know, and that's exactly what happens sometimes when a person says, hey, wait a minute, he only had two bonus points. How did he get a sheep tag? You know, that's how. He got lucky and he got a low number. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and then with a group hunt, if you're in a group there, let's say me and you are on an application together, we're basically going to average our bonus points. Uh, if if I had three bonus points and you had one together, that's four mm -hmm. divided by us two is going to be two. So this application would only have two bonus points, me and you together. Two times two is four plus mm -hmm. one is five. The computer does the same thing, randomly selects us five numbers, picks the lowest number, adds it to our application, and that's our place in line. The difference is when we look through, when we start going down the line and we get to our application, we're asking for two tags. So there's got to be two left. Mm -hmm. If there's only one tag left, we're unsuccessful. We look at our next unit choice. If there's no tags left there, we go to the third then we go to the fourth, and then we go to the fifth. So it's very possible that you can draw tags on your fifth tag. Uh, and, and that works for individuals as well as parties. The difference with the individuals, of course, you're only asking for one tag. So there only has to be one tag available, and then you win. And that happens a lot with some people. Uh, they'll put in with a party group, and they'll have a lower number than someone who drew a tag. And that's because, guess why? Because you were asking for two tags. And even though you were in front of me, there wasn't two tags left. Yeah. There was only one. And and that's how I received so it. So that quota, um, that quota report that'll come out here in a in another month, that thing is really important to look at if you're applying as a party or a, a group. Do you guys call it a party or a group? Uh, it, it's well, we call it a, a, a group. It's called a group code is okay. what you'll get on your thing. But uh, we call it a party hunt. OK, uh, so, yeah, you really got to pay attention to that to make sure there's even enough tags for that per, that's that, right. that group to, to hunt in. That's right. And, um, and there is a ton of homework, you know, you can do on that stuff. Uh, and, and you're exactly right, because if you put down a, a unit that doesn't have any tags in it, uh, you know, uh, or. Uh, for example, analyst elk, if you're in a group of three three fellows or people wanting to come to Nevada to hunt that, uh, and there's only two tags in a unit, I mean, you know, it's going to let you do that uh, because it doesn't know how many tags you're asking for because that application just has one number, you know, mm -hmm. associated with it. So um, so that's something important to, to look at as an yeah. individual. And we have those statistics. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we were just talking about that, and that comes yep. out in that regulation that will be posted in very early May. From I, from I think from what we discussed earlier, right? Yep, yep. Uh, the commission will meet on the fifth and sixth of May. Uh, the draw uh, will take uh, place, and results will be out by the nineteenth of May. Okay. So and and you can always go in and edit your choices on your application. Uh, just make sure you do that before May 10th. Yeah, right. Uh, because once the deadline hits, there's no editing the application, obviously. Yeah. 
Um, I want let's go back. So let's talk about the the non-resident tag allocation and the resident. Is there a difference in those, or is it all just based on that the random selection, or is yeah. there is there two pools? Like there's a resident pool and a non-resident pool of tags. There is a resident pool and a non-resident, and it's you know there's a percentage uh, of uh, non-resident to resident tags, but they're all not the same. So it would be unfair to say across the board, you know, it's 10% non-resident. Where uh, would I find that breakout? Uh, the the best uh, place to find that is going to be in the uh, Nevada uh, Hunt Statistic Book, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, you can Google. It is on our NDOW website as well. And, uh, and then you're going to see the quota that's set for mule deer uh, for non-resident. Uh, and it will give you a list of, uh, you know, a lot of areas that were, had aerial surveys in it, had ground surveys in it, uh, in coordination with that, uh, harvest report that we also look at. Mm -hmm. So th all those factors determine the percentage of resident and non-resident and, and quantity, uh, for each, uh, in each of those units, uh, and stuff. So, uh, it's quite a cumbersome process to get all that calculated uh, together. Are there any any units that there's no chance for a non-resident? There's no percentage allocated that you're. Uh, and let's base that on 2022, obviously, because we don't have 2023. But are there units that we that people need to pay attention to because there's just no opportunity there? Yeah. Now. Uh... For, for mule deer, uh, no. I mean, you pretty much would have, you know, across the board. But for certain species of the bighorn sheep and the mountain goat and things like that, yeah, uh, there would be no non-resident tags allocated. Uh, and, uh, for example, like the, the mountain goat, we're up to 12 resident tags, you know, and one non-resident. Mm -hmm. uh, a few years ago when we only had six resident tags, there was no non-resident mountain goat tags, which there was no hunt to even apply for if you were a non-resident. So you didn't even have that choice. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, but okay. yeah, otherwise across the board, uh, there's opportunities for the non-residents. Good. That's good. What a great state that I, I think that's good that there, there is opportunity. Um, so you said there's five hunt choices and the alternate, and I, I don't, I'm not too worried about the alternate right now. Are all five of those, it's, it sounded like by something you said earlier that all five of your choices are looked at on the same pass. So my number comes up, I drew number one. Well, that doesn't make any sense with number one. <laughs> Let's say I drew number 500 and my first choice, nope, didn't get it. Second choice, all of those are looked at or is it the first choice is looked at and then it comes all the way back around to the second choice? So, uh, no, it, uh, it, it's going to look at every one of your choices, which is why I tell you when, when that inevitable question comes, what's my best chances, Martin? Put down five choices because yeah. when your number comes up, you want to look at all five, you know, and, and, and there's all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, kind of processes that people like to use. Uh, I always tell people, put down your first choice, an area you really, really, really want to go. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about the quota. Don't worry about anything. Because if you draw a super low number, that's where you're going right off the bat. Yep. Then use the math after that, you know, uh, start looking at an area that has, you know, uh, not a lot of applications, uh, but a lot of tags in the area. Uh, look at past leftover tags. Uh, 
uh, I, I would love, I love to give people statistics on, uh, you know, you got a 10% chance to draw a tag here. Well, you know, I mean, we're humans. And if we all did the same thing every time, every year, it would be simple to say, <laughs> you got a 20% chance to get a tag here, but I can't do that. Right. We all do different things every year. And it just, you know, makes that a, an absolute mess. So uh, I tell people that all the time, uh, put down your five choices because we're going to look at all five of them. Do something you really, really want to do. Then do the math after that. Uh, and yeah, uh, that's a, I think that's a good way to approach it. Yep. For sure. Okay. Um, so do you pay up front in Nevada? Do you have to, when, when you apply for something, are you paying for those tags up front or do you pay when you draw? Uh, that's a great question. And what you do pay for is you're going to pay for your license up front. Mm -hmm. uh, and you want to do that because you want to build those bonus points. And uh, once you pay for your license, you're going to pay uh, uh, a processing fee and an application fee, which like for uh, elk is always $5 more. And it's because of the landowner compensation. So $5 is always tacked onto that. But there's a $10 application fee, a $3 predator fee, and a $2 or a $1 uh, uh, processing fee. So an application fee actually costs you $14 for deer. You're going to pay that with your license fee and your mountain lion tag fee, should you choose to, to purchase one of those. Mm -hmm. Now, if you then when the draw comes, if you draw the tag, uh, and you're a resident, you're going to pay that resident fee for the tag again. And then if you're non-resident, you'd pay the non-resident fee, which is why I tell everybody at the beginning, when you go into your profile, double check your credit card. Uh, you want to make sure that your credit card is up to snuff. Uh, keep an eye on your banks. I know some, I've had Banks call me and say, hey, man, we we witnessed some funny stuff on your card. So we we closed it, mm -hmm. you know, and you got to remember to go back in there and put down a new card uh, because uh, this year, uh, if you if you don't pay for your tag within seven days, uh, it's going to act just like you drew it, even though you didn't get it. Your bonus points will zero out uh, and you'll revert right back to to the beginning without a tag. Wow. So yeah, yeah, so make sure that your credit card information is up to snuff on that. And another beautiful thing that I love with our website is we have the ability to auto renew our hunting license. And and I absolutely love this feature. Uh and I'm not going to kid you, I was kind of against it at first. Uh until it accidentally happened to me that I kind of forgot about it and I just automatically got a new license because our license is 365 days. So if I buy a license right now, mm -hmm. it's good till next year at this time. And I can apply for the draw because I got a valid license. Uh, if by the time I get out into the field and I'm hunting and I forget about renewing my license, uh, that's a problem. Uh, so the auto renew is very nice and it, you know, does exactly what it says. It auto renews that license. Uh, then all you have to do is either save it uh, as a photo or print it out in your pocket and you don't, you never have to worry about that. Yeah, that's, that seems handy. 
Um, we already talked about group and party applications. So you mentioned this earlier too, and I, I want to just double tap this, but changing your selections after you've, after you apply. So I could, if I apply right now and then I, and tomorrow I decide I want to do something different or a friend calls and says, no, that unit sucks. You need to go over here. Um, I can, I can make those changes up until May 10th. May 10th. Yep. Yeah. You sure can. And, and basically go right back to that website in Dow licensing. Mm-hmm. You're going to click on applications and points and under applications, it's going to show you there the 2023, there's a little uh, drop down arrow. You'll click on that drop down arrow and you'll see a little pencil like this. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you can click on that to change the alternate. If you decide, Hey, I want to do this alternate or no, I don't want to do this alternate. And then down at the bottom, you got three choices, edit choices, which is what you would want to do in your case. Mm-hmm. And then you can uh, convert everything to bonus points. Okay. So you, you may want to do that. Like I said, if something suddenly comes up, you know, your spouse says, hey, we're going on a cruise this October, uh, you know, uh, but wait a minute, I've got, yeah, I've already put an application <laughs> in for hunting. Yeah. You know, well, convert those all to bonus points. What you really don't want to do is withdraw the application. Because if you withdraw the application, now remember, you've already paid the application fee. Yeah. So now if you go back in to create some new units, guess what? That's right. You have to pay another application fee. Hmm. So you can edit those choices down there or convert all to bonus points and even edit your uh, alternate position. Uh, but stay away from uh, uh, withdraw. withdraw. Yes, yeah. sir. Good. That's a good tip. Um, how about return? So I always have on here refunds and tag returns. There's no refunds because you don't charge up front. But how about returning a tag? How difficult is that process? And does if I do return it, do I get a portion of that money back that was spent on it? So the only way to get any money back for your tag is going to be only on bighorn sheep and mountain goat. And those would have to be returned by July 15th. Okay. Um yeah, anything else you can return at any time, and you can even return those later uh, to reinstate your bonus points, but you won't get any tag refund back for those. Is it's there fun. a deadline to get those bonus points? One day before the opening of the season. Okay, that's so, pretty good. Yeah. Yep, so as long as it's returned before the opening of the season, you'll get your bonus points reinstated, and that tag would again go to an alternate if there was one there and or go into the first excuse me first come first serve uh, uh for someone to just click on and and do and those seasons can be open on the first come first serve uh you have to be aware of that as well wow the day before yeah. you could see a bighorn pop bighorn sheep pop yeah. up or something well yeah. that'd be an exciting day for sure Sorry, honey, we're not going on that cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Things changed. Yeah. We're um, talking next spring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about um, uh, other opportunities outside of the, the draw process. So uh, is there any outfitted opportunities? Do do outfitters get, uh, get tags and then can give them to hunters? Private land and landowner opportunities. Any of those in the There are. There, there are, and and we have a non uh, a non resident guided deer hunt, which unfortunately that is already closed. Yeah, uh, uh, it's in uh, January and February, 
uh, that uh, outfitters uh, actually are allocated, you know, a certain number of tags uh, for those non-residents. And then uh, they'll have the, if the, the individual still has to draw, and usually these outfitters will do all this for you mm -hmm. because they know what areas to put in for. And, uh, and then if you draw it, of course, you're signing a contract, you're going with them. Mm -hmm. uh, and you, it, it is a guided hunt, so you have to be with a guide on that one. So that's one opportunity. We also have heritage tags, uh, which you can purchase uh, at a lot of auctions, a lot of banquet auctions and stuff from uh, uh, NGOs, non-government organizations that, that put on and, and sell these. We do have landowner compensation tags uh, and depredation tags. Uh, uh, that are uh, available without the bonus point. None of those count as bonus points. Uh, one of our uh, famous things that we have is we have a dream tag and we have what's called a PIW tag. Uh, these are all added choices that you can apply for in Nevada. The dream tag is basically uh, what some people would call a governor's tag or, or whatnot. You can hunt extended season, uh, use any weapon, uh, hunt all the way up to the end of December. Uh, PIW tags are, are very similar. Uh, the difference is you have to hunt uh, during the weapon choice of that season. But you can hunt all three seasons. You could hunt archery, you know, in August, muzzleloader in September, and then any legal weapon or rifle in October if you didn't harvest something. Nice. So those are all additional applications. Uh, and each one, again, the more applications you put in, uh, the more chances you know you are to draw one of those. Sure. Now, uh, Chad, one thing to mention is you you can only have one uh, species or one uh, one one big game tag per each species per year. So let's use deer for example. Uh, I put in for the dream tag uh, antlered mule deer, and then I put in for the regular uh, tag mule deer. And then I put in for the PIW tag mule deer. Well, we have a system that the first selection out of any of our applications is going to be the dream tag, junior tags, and the PIW tags. Because those are, you know, that's the golden egg. Mm -hmm. uh, if you win one of these, you don't want nothing else. Yeah, that's what that you PIW want. sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, can do, you can do any of them. So then let's say you put in for the deer tag down here, you would automatically be, be withdrawn from that because you already have a deer tag up top. So by applying for all these, let's say you were unsuccessful though in the PIW and the uh, dream tag. And then that, that would run through the whole system and then it would go to the regular tag and then you draw a deer tag, a regular deer tag. And you have to hunt during the season that it, it's allocated for. So there's a chance where you had, you already were unsuccessful in two draws, but the third draw you drew. Uh, so, and then on top of that, if you were unsuccessful in that regular one and you were an alternate, you're still hanging out there waiting to see if somebody turns one in. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of, a lot of opportunity there. And, and that's you, all it, opportunity for non-residents, all of that stuff. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Well, then my next question I'm going to lead into is what about over-the-counter opportunities? Do you guys have any over-the-counter opportunities or is it just that cougar tag? It's just the mountain lion tag. And then, of course, upland game. Uh, the snowcock, as I mentioned to you, you do need a permit tag for that, but it's free. 
Uh, it's just a matter of how many days that I hunt. Again, it's a scientific uh, valuation. How many days that I hunt? Did I see any? Did I shoot any? I couldn't recover, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of that type thing. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunities on there. Sage grouse. Uh, we have the Sooty and the Dusky grouse a uh, little bit in, in northern Nevada. Down here, we've got the Gambles quail in the Las Vegas area. We have some mountain quail, which is is, is really a, a unique bird. Uh, a, a lot of people uh, like to to go for. So there's th- th- those opportunities. Uh, the mountain lion, of course. Uh, then of course there's good coyote hunting and everything throughout the state uh, in uh, in the desert areas, you know. So, um, let's see. We talked about how to properly tag an animal, and you gave an excellent description of that. I guess the rest is just kind of some some housekeeping type stuff here. Oh, one one thing. What about um, do you have any military or disabled veteran non-resident opportunities? There, uh, there are opportunities for license purchases uh, for uh, disabled uh, vets uh, that uh, requires, you know, basically a, a, a form to fill out, have your doctor sign that. Uh, that would be something that you uh, would, you know, probably if you were non-resident, you'd be mailing in because you wouldn't be coming into one of our offices. Uh, it, would, it would go to the Reno headquarters and purchase your license that way. As far as the tag opportunities in that, uh, no, but uh, something uh, that is fairly new this year is you can actually donate a tag to an organization uh, such as like uh, you were talking, uh, you know, the vet, the vet uh, organization, uh, a person, an individual could donate to that organization and they would be responsible for uh how they dispose of that tag. Uh, For example, like the disabled vets, as you mentioned there. Uh, So that's new this year. And uh, uh, we have, uh, and that's on our website, the NDOW website. Uh, There's a couple organizations. You would have to contact that organization and say, hey, what do I have to do to get this tag? Uh, And then uh, follow through with them because they'll have a set of guidelines. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, uh, some people will qualify, some people won't. so that's a really exciting thing for uh, uh, vets and, and disabled people for this year. So if you drew that tag and you knew you weren't going to use it, let's say I drew a tag and I don't have any bonus points, right? So I'm not going to get anything by turning it back in. I could donate it at that point is what you're saying and donate exactly. it to one of those. Oh, that's fa- that's good. Exactly. Yep. I, I can't imagine a guy with like 20 points would, would do that. But at a guy in my situation, I, you know, hey, yeah. here's, here's a yeah, exactly. Tag. Um, give it to somebody who who needs it so okay good uh all right now let's touch on a few of these last kind of housekeeping things um weapons requirements you guys have any like can you have a muzzle loader with a scope high-powered muzzle loaders um are you are you allowed to scope on a muzzle loader good question so uh the answer is yes and no uh so during the muzzle loader season you cannot have a scope on the muzzle loader but you could use okay. your muzzle loader during the any legal weapon hunt mm-hmm. and use a uh, scope on it. Okay. Uh, as far as any legal weapon, it needs to be at least a uh, 22 caliber center fire uh, or larger, but less than a 50 cal. Uh, okay. So anywhere that it's in there, there's no magazine capacity limits. Uh, Except for elk too, 22 caliber? Uh, center fire. 22 center fire. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, 
proof of sex? Do you have to leave proof of sex attached? You do, you do. And in Nevada, the proof of sex is actually uh, in a deer or elk or even antelope. Uh, you've got the skull plate with the horns, uh, including both ears, down to the base of the muzzle. So that's your proof of sex uh, right there. We don't save any of the other glands or anything like that. Okay. Okay, gotcha. Uh, blaze orange? You got to wear blaze orange? Blaze orange is not required uh, in Nevada to hunt big game. Uh, obviously, if you come to Nevada to do some upland game hunting or something like that, it's highly recommended. Yeah, okay, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, what are some of the most common violations that are seen in the field by the law enforcement officers? That's a, a great, great question. Uh, uh, one of the number one is, uh, where are you? <laughs> You're in the wrong unit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So make sure that you know where you are. Uh, it is your responsibility. And uh, there's all kinds of maps you can get. Uh, Go Hunt has some some excellent, uh, you know, ways to determine where you are. Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part, units in Nevada are are pretty much divided by you know, major roadways and things that are pretty obvious. Uh, but there's some the questions of, you know, am I over the state line here? Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it's a little touchy. So make sure you know where you are. Uh, another important one is a loaded firearm in or on a vehicle in Nevada. And that means do you have an unexpended uh, cartridge in the chamber? And if you do, and it's even leaning on the truck or the quad, that's considered loaded in or on a vehicle. Uh, that's a citation. Uh, and worst of all, uh, you will your hunter education will be suspended. So you will have to go back and retake hunter education. So there's that one shooting uh, a loaded vehicle in or on, loaded firearm in or on a vehicle, or for shooting across a roadway. That will also uh, render your hunter education uh, useless, and you'll have to retake it in that one. So yeah. those are those are a couple of the ones that that come up uh, uh, mostly. Uh, so always make sure that you uh, check that firearm, make sure it's unloaded. Uh, there's nothing in the chamber when it's in or on a vehicle, uh, and that's uh, kind of the basic safety rules uh, that you should be doing all the time as well. Yeah, yeah, those are pretty common ones. Uh, what about resources from Nevada Department of Wildlife? Do you guys have a YouTube channel, Instagram page? Do you have resources out there where people can view? You had talked earlier about recording a three-ish hour something <laughs> something or other that was all yeah. about the application process. Yeah. Somebody may want to watch that. Is that available somewhere? It is. Uh, it is. I, as a matter of fact, that's just coming up. Uh, we just did it last Wednesday. So I don't know if they've actually got it up uh, yet right now. Uh, but one of the best things you can look at is you go to our website, uh, ndow.org, and go uh, hover over hunting, and then plan your hunt, you will see the top 10 resources. And this is going to give you bonus point statistics. It's going to show you how many people had bonus points in which area that you want to hunt in. Very important, because... Uh, it's not given, uh, but if you're looking at an area where there's a lot of people with a lot of bonus points, they have a better chance and opportunity of drawing a smaller number than you uh, if you have none. So you might want to look at that. There's also hunt maps on there. Uh, there's uh, unit uh, descriptions. 
Some of our units, uh, matter of fact, one of our, our management RAM hunts this year, which which doesn't use any bonus points because it's a once in a lifetime thing, but there's uh it's, it's a rough hunt. You know, it's a wilderness hunt. There's no roads. Uh, you're going in on foot. Uh, you're going high elevations. Uh, so uh, that's important for some people to know. And, and Chad, you may have, have done this too. A lot of times someone will ask me, you know, where do I go? You know, give me your secret spot. And I said, well, I go, I go anywhere. I don't really have a secret spot, uh, but I, I've sent people to areas that I thought was the best hunting spots could be. And they come back and tell me, oh man, I just hate that area. Huh. Uh, you know, it was yeah. flat as a pancake. I'm like, yeah, I don't like the steep stuff. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, they're like, no, I, I want the steep stuff. I said, so you know, everybody's a little bit different on that. <laughs> so uh, uh, keep that in mind. You can look at some of these uh, areas, and especially for non-residents who don't get the opportunity to travel out and do scouting, uh, you can you can learn a lot from some of those areas uh, on the top 10 resources. I was just looking at that as you were talking through it. There's a lot of stuff on there. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a ton of stuff. You can spend a lot of time there. And if you click on those bonus points, uh, it's going to break it down. You know, mule deer, elk, uh, uh, bighorn sheep, uh, you know, all this stuff, mountain goat. Mm -hmm. uh, you won't see any non-resident mountain goat points in there because we haven't had a hunt for 10 years. So uh, you're not going to see anything on, on that one. Uh, just remember, if you are a non-resident and you and you left, uh, you had bonus points when we, you know, stopped the non-resident hunt. Apply this year for sure. Don't don't leave yourself out of that one. Yeah, very good. Anything you think we missed that we need to touch on before we wrap this up? Uh, you know, I I can't think of anything right now, but I appreciate you having me on, and uh, uh, it's been great talking with you guys. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And I will share, uh, you provided a lot of resources, so I'm going to try to write them all down as I do the edit on this podcast. And then I'll put them all in the show notes. So there's clickable links to try to get people, you know, at least they can click on it and get to some of these major websites. Perfect. And uh, Perfect. with that, with that, I, I really appreciate it. I'm going to start looking at, at Nevada. I think, I, I think I have a couple reasons I want to go out there and there's you should species I want to hunt. Beautiful state and, you know, start applying and uh, you, there's no reason why not to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate your time. And um, thank you much. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely.